Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And Kathy will be right back. She had to go make sure she had a good drink ready for this podcast. Um, <coughs> what apps are we on? 157? <laughs> hey, uh, streaming fans, what uh, episode are we on? Since Cassie's not here. Hold on. Hmm? We're scrolling and stuff. I'm sure someone will have it before I get there. <laughs> 264.7 and a half. No, I think we're at 157. 157. 157. So, for that, no, we're waiting for Cassie to come back. We have implemented channel points for the people that are watching live. Uh, we have a couple of right side up. For one podcast and one to force John to drink water the entire stream and force Kathy to read a chapter from Mouth of Madness. Um, we also have implemented some more other checks and stuff, something like choose an emote, highlight messages, you know, force us all to drink, take a drink of our beverage, check in our postures, and also force John to transform a Transformer are live on stream. So, we're going to be doing that. Uh, let's go and get the business out of the way while we're waiting for Kathy. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis, of course, for sponsoring us and hosting our files and putting it out there so everybody can see. Um, also, uh, we're going to be talking about glow objects, uh, Kathy, Captain Mizzy. Um, we're also going to be... We also want to thank um, Metalhead Minis for hosting our uh, product that we sell. Uh, you can also buy dice, widgets, uh, other crazy things from not only us, but Warfare Weekend. Um, we also want to thank Tectonicraft Studios, Dan the Man, uh, for sponsoring us, giving us some things to give away. We'll be giving away uh, soon. Um, he does a lot of MDF laser crafted stuff. Uh, I think he's working on some storage for uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol cards in the hard sleeves based on questions he asked recently. Oh, that would be cool. Sweet. Well, I'm sure he's starting, everybody's, everybody's starting to try to get a little bit better. You know, everybody's kind of opening up things of getting things going because everybody's wanting to play again. And hopefully we'll get to do that in person soon. I say soon, but we know that's going to be a while. Soon. Yeah. Rotation marked around soon. Yeah. So, and Kathy's back. Say hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Today's episode, we're going to talk about doing some glowing objects. Um, I did uh, finish up the rust on my guy. I think it turned out really well. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that because um, we talked about doing a glowing sword um, on here. So we're going to see how that goes. Um, other than that, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking my new and improved force blow, which is basically a normal force blow. I just put a little lime juice in it to sort of cut the sweetness of the orange juice so it's not super duper mega sweet. So force blow light? And more of an evolution, you know. I'm not I'm no professional bartender or anything. <laughs> Throwing two drinks together, two liquids together does not necessarily make a full cocktail. <laughs> Kathy, what are you having up to drink today? I have the uh, rum and bark strip beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I was able to go and get more bottles of uh, winter grind coffee stout 
from the store. So we'll be drinking that. Uh, John, do we have any tributes? Uh, we do. Christopher Plummer passed on Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't know Christopher Plummer, you should just look up his IMDb. He's been in a ton of stuff. The one you'd know most recently is near and dear to at least me and Kathy's heart, and that is uh, Knives Out. Oh, yeah. yeah um, he's in The Sound of Music, has a great scene, several great scenes in The Sound of Music. He's been in a ton of stuff, and he was a concert professional and great in everything. Um, nerds will remember him from, as General Chang from Star Trek VI, which was a great role. Uh, he's also done a lot of voice acting for like cartoons mm -hmm. and stuff, which I didn't know because um, I went back and, of course, was looking at stuff. And, of course, uh, my recent one was, of course, Knives Out that we saw. Uh, we all saw together type thing. Um, but I was, uh, I mean, he lived to be, what, 90-something, 91? Yeah, he was in his 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a long life. Um, another one was, uh, I think I saw Leon Spinks. Pass oh, away. yeah, Leon Spinks. I think I saw that today, too. Just yeah. Um, which, you know, he's an amazing boxer and he was only 67. Yeah, 67, yeah. Um, it's a tough sport, though. I mean, he, he, I'm kind of glad that it's not the popularity it was. I mean, I love boxing as a, as a sport, but it is really, really hard on people's bodies. Yes, it is. Um, I think that's about it that I know of. He's also an Olympic gold medalist. I did not know that. Yep. I think that was all that I remember. I'm kind of scrolling through some of my news on here. Didn't see anything. So, guys, we appreciate y'all being here. It is always fun, always happy. We love it when you either join us here or listen to us on any other platform. Um, don't forget, Kathy streams Tuesday through Friday, uh, 3 to 5 Central, uh, which is still working on your oils, I correct? Still working on my oils, and then Friday night is usually Pulp Fiction Friday. Uh, last Friday, we we I read a Conan the Sumerian adventure, Conan the Sumerian and the People of the Black Circle by Robert E. Howard. Uh, also, you know, maybe more familiar to people as Conan the Barbarian. Yep. And uh, and that was a lot of fun. I read the first five chapters. Uh, we ended on a literal cliffhanger, and we will be continuing the adventure with Chapter 6 this Friday at 3 p.m. Central. So, yeah. Should be fun. Uh, which I have a question about that, but let's get our cheer out of the way and make sure uh, everybody... Guys, please be safe out there. Wash your hands. Cover your mouth. Be nice. People are going through a lot of stuff right now. Doesn't take anything to be nice, really. So from all of us, all y'all... Cheers. 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 Oh, fuck, this is good beer. Holy and I tell shit. you, the lime juice just brings the whole thing together. It's surprising. Hmm. It's just that right combination of tart and sweet. Well, you know, tart, it just takes the sweet down. Because otherwise, the force blow, I mean, it's just a ton of orange juice and a good amount of cracking wrong <laughs> uh, so Kathy I have a question about your reading uh, because I know some people are going to ask and maybe you know wonder how can you read these things on air they're copyrighted material they are fair use material 
I have researched this. I, I, have, <laughs> I have asked librarians about this specific thing because I, I wanted to be sure that I wasn't just pirating somebody's work. Correct. Because we so, don't want to, you know, put stuff out there, you know, and get us in trouble. Yeah, I was, I, I was uh, recommended to use Project Gutenberg mm -hmm. as a resource, and they have a ton of material that's downloadable. That and they've done all this research to make sure that it is all within the public domain. So, and all these Robert E. Howard books are. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, and a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> I know. I knew that was coming. Um, Project Gutenberg, the collected works of Stephen Gutenberg? <laughs> um, yes. Yes. That is exactly correct, Trash Alma. <laughs> oh, man. The work of Stephen Gutenberg, which is thing. Uh, the high was, I'm going to say the highest cocoon, even though I would probably say the highest short circuit. Yeah, it's kind of a tie between those two, uh, type thing before they do it. Depends on how old you were at the time. Correct. <coughs> and there Thank goes Captain Mizzy. Link, Captain Mizzy, in case people want to, uh, to look at Project Gutenberg. Okay, so I'm going to go over and switch over to the paint cam and we'll talk about this. But Kathy, while I'm getting this straight, um... When you're doing like a glow on a model, and it's not really object source lighting type thing, because you may not want it to go somewhere else, what are some things that you think about when it comes to the color? Uh, honestly, if I'm doing a glow on a model, there is always object source lighting, because otherwise it will not look like a glow. It just there. won't. <laughs> Unless it's glow-in-the-dark paint and you're shining a black light on it. Correct. So, um, let me make sure my camera is okie dokie. All right. Yeah, the, the glow effect, the object source lighting effect, is, is what gives it the illusion of glowing. Okay, so I've got this guy, uh, what I've been working on, which I printed his older buddy, by the way, uh, the big version. You can't see him because it's all white. I do love how the, uh, the metallic turned out on that and the rusty stuff. Well, so I got the rust, and I added a little bit more off stream, and then once it was done and it dried, I went and did a dry brush over it. That way the highlights would still be, you know, metal because... If, that's how rust works. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, and then I did a gray on the stone just to get some color on there because I wanted to... I had it out and I was like, oh, let's just do it. So, I mean, the thing is... Hard, but we talked about... Um, I'm going to pull out something I can play with. We wanted to make the sword glow. Um, and like the edges type thing. Now, on here, if it's the edge, and this is something I've been using and I've been looking at, and you tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm not the expert. I'm just the nerd. I want only the edges of the sword to glow type thing. I don't want the whole thing. So, if I'm going to cast it like a beam... Where it's tipping, where it's touching on his breastplate is where I should kind of be doing the glow also? Or what should I do? Now, you don't have to do a huge amount of glow if you just want it to be really subtle. Correct. Uh, if it's coming from the edge of his sword, then probably a little bit of the chain link and on his upper wrist. 
okay. and get hit by it. And it might not even reach the uh, his chest or shoulder. Okay. If you didn't want it to be super bright. Yeah, I don't. I don't want it to be really bright. I mean, because if I if I take a if I take this pointer and I put it like right here where the glow and you'll be coming out, it would hit down here somewhere, or like right in here, be hitting the highlights of where this file is. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it would hit the top of his knuckles on his fingers. Up here. It might hit the top of the. If you're going uh from the upper part of the blade. Gotcha. Not those knuckles. Those knuckles. So here? The so top, this if it's top going part? across the top of the blade there, mm -hmm. it's not going to hit any of that stuff on the, on that part, on the hilt, unless the hilt itself is glowing. Nah, the hilt's not going to glow. So you're talking about like down in here then? Yeah, just like the top of the knuckles, the... Uh, the upturned wrist area on that hand. Like right here where the chain link is? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because like I said, I only want to do like the edge type thing. And if I, I like the color and it looks okay, I might do this, the what, blood groove or whatever you want to call it on this thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But I want to get the then... edge to edge. Definitely. Where the uh, where the hilt is, you know, where those little sword catcher parts of the hilt are. Mm hmm Definitely all across, like, up here. Yeah. Like right here. Up, uh, up on those parts a little bit. Yeah, on the pommel. Yep. yep. All right. So we got to figure out what color. Um, so first things first, the um, this is supposed to be, like, ethereal ghost because he's a wraith. So, you know, this twisting part right here is going to be like the ghostly green uh, type thing. Um, but I, he does have a cloth, and that cloth is going to be purple. I wanted to do purple because I like purple. And do purple. And I'm going to do purple. But like most of this stuff is going to be, you know, that ethereal green glow, except for this cloth right here, which is going to be purple. So what color do we think that would make it stand out? And still kind of, you know, kind of be the center of the attention of the eye. So your, know... your ethereal green, what are your, what's your highlight idea for that? Uh, yellow. Okay. Doing like that necrotite type green with a yellow highlight on top hi, of it. fire painting. And also, hi, Grenno cookies. I didn't get to say hi earlier because I didn't want it in <clears throat> Because I was going to use the ghostly, like the necrotite, uh, not necrotite, uh, tesseract glow um, for that. Of course, I'm going to do some white on it because I want that shouting really. Shouting out Reno cookies, and I'm shouting out Aspire Painting. Hey, Go ahead and follow them. They're miniature painters. They're awesome. That should be our mod's job, not your job, Kathy. <laughs> I mean, technically speaking, and Orcris Gaming is here. What? Orcris? Hey, Orcris Gaming. So, what color do we think we want to do the weapon glow? Purple? I think green. you do that last because you, it's going to glow a little bit onto the cloth. So you Correct. Want the cloth I agree. I, I, I agree. I'm not going to do the cloth. I want to get the color on the sword today. So do you want to do that color the same green? We want to do the same green? 
I mean, it would work. Because the cloth is going to be purple. Correct. So, it should work. Okay. So, want to still use the technical Tesseract glow? So, should I put a light layer of white over the top of it? I would. For all the for all the places that you want to be glowy, uh, and the uh, the area of his body that you want to have the light emanating from, mm-hmm. that's where you want to put that white down into the resor- recesses. Okay. Like I, said, I just want to work on the sword today, and then I, uh-huh. I then I'm going to get the glow on the clothes because I know is I would rather have like ninety percent of all this painted before I did the glow on it. But I wanted to do the color because I wanted to see what it looked like. So let me get some white on this um, along the edges of where I'm talking about. So should this white be like super thick, super thin? Should it just be kind of... should be opaque. What? Kathy with her fancy words. That's not really that fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll be honest, that's a fancy word. You may want to buy a thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a book of words that uh, mean other things. And the same thing as other words, in case you don't know. All right. uh, it was my, my boss always accused me of having a large vocabulary to her. <laughs> Sorry, Alicia, I'm feeling a little bit risky. Uh, my boss had a book of... Uh, a thesaurus, but it was a very bougie thesaurus. I'm like, you've got all these words that I would never use, and I have a pretty large vocabulary, so that's saying something. There's there's having a large vocabulary and just, you know, conversing naturally, and then there's using incomprehensible gibberish, you know, even, even though it technically is words. (laughs) <laughs> and we may not have words like Schattenfreude, like German, but, you know, we've got words that mean phrases that we can use, like plethora. Plethora. That's my favorite word in the entire English dictionary. A million layers, says Grania. You know, I... if you don't water down the paint, it will be more opaque when you apply it. That looks good, though, right there. Yeah. Nice and bright. Yeah, I'm just trying to get just, like I said, I just want, like, the edges. Now, do I have to have this a straight line, or if it kind of bleeds over, that's okay, right? That's fine, sure. Okay. Hey, Gonzo, here's a little, this is groundbreaking. It's your model. As long as you like it, it's fucking okay. Yeah, or Chris is right, but this is for a studio model for display, so it has to be mint. No. Are you talking about yours, or Chris? painting a squig i had to try and not uh, get in a fight on twitter today because someone's like just as a reminder to everyone paint your damn armies i'm like oh 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 or chris i don't want have to have you thought yeah. about glazing oh now breaking on advanced techniques i've uh-huh. i've done uh before i started using oils here last in december uh i never wet blended my acrylics i mean hardly ever all I ever did was glazing, and basically that's just fading your uh, your top color thin until it just disappears into the color underneath it. It's like a it's like using the blur tool or the eraser tool in Photoshop. 
where have we gotten that we have to explain a painting technique as a <laughs> by explaining the Photoshop version of it? That's actually kind of funny. I just find that that more people can relate to that. No, it's fair. It's not wrong. It's just funny. Because essentially, what you're doing is is erasing the edges into transparency. Uh, yes, now I've gotten to 2021, and so far, it ain't terrible. At this point in 2020, we'd already had not a good year, and it was only January. <laughs> Actually, it's February. I lose track. It all blurs together right now. Alright, so this is riveting to watch me put white paint on I, the bottom. Ren says, not going to lie, I love wet blending my acrylics. And absolutely, wet blending is an amazing technique. I but tried wet blending a few times, and man, you have to be on the ball. You, it takes practice. Yeah, it does. It takes practice. It's not something that you can just pick up your brush and go, I'm just going to wet blend these colors together. And then it works perfectly. No. Yeah, it definitely, as Gren says, it takes some practice yeah. to get the hang of wet blending. And, uh, as, and it also takes practice to get the hang of glazing. So, yeah, those are two techniques that are both very valid and and are great when you're using both of them on uh, on the same model, even. Along with dry brushing, I might add which is another very valid technique that also takes practice if you want to, you know, really get good at it. Indeed. I mean, this just said most techniques require you to practice them to be good at them. Yes. Yeah. Painting miniatures. It takes practice to get good at it. The more often you paint, even if it's like, if you're like John and you only paint like maybe a half an hour a day, but you're painting every day, you are going to remember more that you learn while you're painting because you're doing it so often, even if it's only for a half an hour every day. Okay. That's true. I can attest to this. So, um... I'm going to do, so we were talking about it possibly getting up here on his breastplate and of course, you know, on his chainmail, like the bottom of his wrist. Should I go and paint white over that also? No, yeah. not yet. I mean, I wouldn't. I, well, I mean, maybe the chains, the parts that are done, but. Correct, the, the ones that the are done. That the, uh, the parts that the, that the light's going to be reflecting off of, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, uh, the, the metal is pretty much done for its most part, <clears throat> besides minor touch-ups, you know, on like rivets and stuff like that. So if I were to take my brush, it would be like somewhere along here. And then you said... Russ says, having good pigmented paint has helped so much for my wet blending and glazing. Yeah, that's good too, yeah. Good paint helps. Oh, yeah. 
Inspire says, when I try to wet blend on a model, I end up with mud. When I try to wet blend mud on a base, I end up with a sunset fade. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the case? And I'm going to ask, brush you use matters a lot for what you're doing. I'm like generally a one or two brush guy, but I have some really nice brushes I break out once in a while, and I noticed to get much better quality with them. I should probably just start picking up more brushes so that I can branch out a little more and use the good brushes more. I just got new brushes. I got brand new sable brushes. Not that anybody can see them and I'm holding them up in front of my face, but my image is small, so whatever. But Tuesday, Tuesday, I will be breaking these in. Oh, so one thing to get back to uh, aspiring's Aspire Paintings uh, comment about ending up with mud when she's blending things on a model versus on the base. I have uh -huh. two things to say about that. Uh, is it possible that when you're painting the base, you're, you're feeling like uh, you don't have to be as careful so you're not as worried about screwing it up? And so it goes a little easier? And also, I've noticed for me with my my oil paints as I'm learning how to use them, uh, when I have a smaller area to to paint with my oils, and I was trying to blend a highlight color with a shadow color the other day, and my colors basically, my highlight and my shadow just mixed together over the whole surface. When I was doing it and turned into a color that was, you know, like in between them, basically it was gray. <laughs> and that's not really what I wanted, but I feel like that might be similar to what you're talking about, where in a smaller area, sometimes wet blending just doesn't work like you think it should. <laughs> yeah, I agree sometimes. And like... I had to go back and... I had to go back in and block in some shadows again, and since it's oil paints, I had to set it aside and let it dry then, and then I had to come back again and the next day block in some uh, my highlights a little bit. Yeah, and, I, yeah so. I'll be honest, <laughs> I tend to use mostly just basic techniques, especially because, I mean, I've been painting this night for... God knows how long. And I mean, it's not great. Not like my paint job necessarily, but like it was secondhand. The paint, the primer on the, the lower legs is fucking terrible. I think he was trying to make a muddy look. So he's got like bits in there and it's really pissing me off. But, <laughs> you know, it's, you guys you got to know the right technique for what you're doing. You know, if you're painting a tabletop model, you don't break out the wet blending, the glazing's perfectly fine, or sometimes maybe even not even that far. And I find if I want to get better at technique, I just do it a lot. You know, if I want to do lots of highlighting and shading, I'll get models with nice robes and stuff where I can do a lot of highlighting and shading, and I'll paint a bunch of those in a row. I mean, especially right now, since there's no pressing gaming need for anything. Not like my buddies going to be like, hey, John, come over and let's play this game because it's not happening right now it's a good time to you know just paint what you want and maybe paint for learning definitely paint for learning painting for learning is so valuable 
Uh, that's what all these little space marines sitting over here are. I was, I was painting them solely so that I could practice how oil paint goes onto a model, you know, goes onto the surface, you know, how, how do I push it around? How do I blend colors? I, these are things I didn't know having never used oil paints before and I needed to learn them. So I'm like, well, I'm, I don't really want to start learning that on something I care about, but I have all these spare space marines that I'm not doing anything with. It was the perfect thing for me to practice these techniques on. Yeah. You know, space and do they, do, they, do they look like shit? Yes. Are they a patchwork of a whole bunch of different techniques and colors all on one model? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they look really weird, but it allowed me to to get to a point where I felt like I could start ex experimenting on these busts that I've been working on and not screw it up too terribly. So yeah, I, I just wanted to catch up in the in the chat here because there's a lot of hobby talk going on. Uh, Grandno Cookies said I did a lot of models where I did rainbows with each color blending into the next. It gave me good practice in wet blending. And that's hard too with uh, rainbow colors. It's, it's harder than you might think it is. Legionnaire oh. says I got so messed up with the privateer press painting guys. You said wet blending, but I have other people call it feathering. Yeah, there's. It just depends on who it is who's talking about it uh, as to what it gets called. There is no, there is no Bible of miniature painting terminology. For a lot of these are people who are just, I don't want to say making stuff up, or but like adapting uh, techniques from other similar hobbies for miniature painting and then just calling yeah. it whatever they want. And whatever hits and sticks on the internet nowadays, that's what it's officially called. That, that seems to be it. I use, now when I say glazing, I feel like it's possible I mean something different than when other people say glazing. I don't know. Uh, it, so I just, I haven't, so some people, they go and take a lot of classes. So they learn the terminology that their teachers use, which is totally fine. And I haven't taken a lot of classes from other people. So I don't know what, you know, what some of these other terms are that other people might be using for miniature painting. I barely remember the art terms from when I was in high school learning about this kind of stuff. So, so for yeah, me, I I'm just, I'm just trying to, to describe. Do the name. What's that? I remember more of what to do than the name from high school, to be honest. Yeah, I'm just trying to describe what it is that, that mm -hmm. I'm doing and, and, and hope that people understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get more out of watching people do this stuff. They're like, if you say glazing and I see what you're doing I'm like oh okay glazing yeah, cool. yeah. And, like and anything. Gren says it also helps to kind of pick a focus sometimes mm -hmm. like edge highlighting or glazing you know or whatever it is that you want to practice in particular which is of course good advice yeah, very good advice 
Russ says, the biggest problem I see people run into is they don't clear the brush enough and then end up trying to force a wet blend and end up with mud. Or their water is not clean enough. You know what's funny about that? When I used to wet blend, because I used to wet blend all the time, uh, I would have probably three colors out on my palette all at once. And I would, I would dip my brush from one to the other of these colors and they would meet in the middle and I didn't always clean my brush but since it was just these these few colors that were sitting on my palette you could call it a triad but it probably wasn't you know like not like a reaper triad for instance exactly. you know, not like an official triad it's just you know my shadow my light and a mid-tone sort of a value that was in between those and see I always heard everybody go to brush blending uh using you know if you're gonna do a wet blend make sure you're using two brushes to do the blending and not you know one and try to keep it clean you have one that you know you put the color on and then you have one to wet blend them together i mean that's that's a way that some people do it yeah that's the one huh. that i that you know, we're talking about different techniques and people doing different things that's you know that's one of the things that i've heard is doing two brushes it's not like any of them are wrong. No, of course not. It's just different ways of, you know, achieving a similar effect. I think two brush got so big for a point that there were a lot of people making brushes with yep. bristles on two ends. Correct. I remember that. One of the locals actually made one. And, you know, a bunch of locals got them. And, you know, it's oh, cool and, and all, but... Aspire Painting posted links. Yeah, what is it? And it, she did. It was very good. Oh, hold on. I gotta see. Hold on. There's a front it. image. Oh, that's nice. Really yes. nice. Ooh, I like it. Nice highlights. Really clean. Yeah, that red's really good. Mm -hmm. I like the color combination. The the oh, face. Red Riding Hood. I love, I love this model. This is so cool. Where, Where is it from? Unless you already cool. said, and I just missed it. Uh, so I missed it too. I didn't see. Is that not looking right? It's going I right like here. this. Legionnaires says, for me, now is the time to push out a volume of models painted rather than worry about learning. Well, you know, the more often you paint, even if you're painting by volume, you're still going to learn, mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. <laughs> well, that's, if you're painting a volume of models, that's a time for a different learning. Time is That's time for learning brush control and how to do things quicker. That way you can communicate. Every time you're painting, you're learning something. Just what you're learning may is just based on what model you're painting. Maybe you're, you know, learning, you know, how to get metallics to look just right. Maybe, you know, okay, speed painting, how to make brush control, you know, but you're always learning something when you're painting a model. You yeah. may not be conscious of it. It's better if you're conscious of it, but if you're not conscious, you still are learning. Yeah, especially if you're thing. doing it really often. Like I said, like when John's doing it every day, when I'm doing it like four or five days a week, uh, you're more apt to remember things that you don't even realize you learned. Yeah, because you learn like, oh, that didn't react the way I thought it did. 
So let me do something else. Russ says, I don't like toothbrush. I find all the swapping both time-consuming and fiddly. See, that's how I feel. I mean, <laughs> some people, it totally works for them, which great. is fine. Perfect. Gren says, my hands are too small to keep track of toothbrushes. I just use one. <laughs> sometimes I clean the brush completely. Sometimes I don't, depending on where the blend is, and just go back and forth until I get it good. See, that's exactly what I do if I'm, if I'm doing a wet blend. If you think your hands are too small, you're not doing what Buddy the Jason does. He puts one in his mouth. <laughs> so he'll have, you'll be painting, and he'll have another one like this. And he'll put that down and switch to the I've other one. I quick. have to be very careful when I put uh, the brush in my mouth, uh, now that my camera is in a new position. Because it's right in front of where my brush would be sticking out of my mouth. <laughs> well, like my camera is like three inches from my nose. I'd, I'd like to not paint get paint on here. the camera. Oh, you can barely see it, but there's paint all along the side of my lamp because of stuff like that. Oh, Aspiring Painting says, Aspire Painting says, <coughs> this is a limited edition sculpt from Privateer Press. It's a Hordes model from the Grimkin faction. Oh, I thought that looked familiar. Well, I would think yeah. I would know that. Yeah. Aspire says there's a ton of muscle memory in most types of art, and miniature painting is no exception. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> the The model's name is Lady Rose Riding Hood. Yeah, Katarina Rose is the normal model. Princess, but then I can't lick my brush. <gasps> oh, brush licking. Kathy's about to punch you. I would never. It's disgusting. <laughs> That's fine, though. I mean, come on, I put worse things in my mouth. You know, like beer. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Beer? Could be worse. The brush could be uh, rinsed in Malort. <laughs> <laughs> you keep bringing that up, huh? I huh? will, yeah. I'm a terrible person. Well, remember, that should ain't happening. And <laughs> Russ... Plus, the brush might have sand in it. <laughs> oh, bring that up. So, so funny story. This one time when I was uh, doing a basing stream, I was making all my bases for the uh, Warcry models. And I was showing how fine the sand was. So I had the, the tin that had my sand in it. And I took the the back end of a brush and I was just kind of going through it so you could see how fine the texture of the sand was and then and then I forgot that I had you know put the back end of the brush in the sand and then I, <laughs> I put the back end of the brush in my mouth to hold it and I got sand in my mouth which is and always awesome Rust was there for that <laughs> that was a year ago I know because in my Facebook memories, uh, those those war cry models are showing up. So yeah, Aspire Painting says when we say painting on camera, that is not what we're talking about. Not talking about actually painting the camera. No, generally not. <laughs> or Chris says she would. She would punch me. I saw it in her eyes. <laughs> You're too far away. <laughs> uh, 
Red says, listen, listen. We have an agreement. She lets me have dirty habits, and I let her have her dirty habits. That's, yeah, that's true. That is, that's absolutely true. We all have our dirty habits. And Russ, it was me who you were showing the sand to, too. I'm sorry, what'd you say, John? I think you might have gone a little heavy on that glow on the other part. It's, it almost looks like those parts are glowing as well, rather than just reflecting the light. Yeah, I may have to tone them down a little bit. You should be able to tone that down yeah. pretty easy. Or, like a, what's that? up the ante on the, with the sword blade, and then they're automatically toned down by comparison. Yep. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, you, it should be easy to just tone down the... Uh, that because so what you're doing is you're taking the exact same brightness of color that's on the the source of the light and you're using that as the reflection and and what you want for the reflection the reflection is always going to be less bright than than the uh so the how light would, source. how would i tone that down kathy You'd probably you mix the color your... into it. What's that, John? I was going to say, probably mix the color into it. Probably something like a darker version of what you're using. Like if you have a, if you have a, a bit of green, I don't know if you're mixing green into it at all. No, it's just a straight te technical color. So if you have uh, a little bit of a green paint, mm -hmm. you could water it down and just glaze a really translucent green you mean like this translucent green let's see what this looks like because happy accidents are always fun it's yeah, always for... a learning opportunity you know, and i'm like always going back and forth with stuff like this i'm always toning down you know highlights that are just right on my really... models there's nothing wrong with that all right so i got this translucent green that's from pro krill let's try that out Legionnaires, do you lick the bone? Legionnaires says, I've eaten enough dirt as part of my job, not doing it as part of my hobby. I hear that I hear that you lick the bone. <laughs> I have no questions for the way. Um... Oh my god, and he totally answered it right, right as I'm asking it. Oh, that's funny. I mean, there's maybe a little bit of leg, but I totally... Uh, <laughs> I was asking that before I read your comment, Legionnaires. Legionnaires says, do you know how to tell if an archaeologist thinks they have found bone? They're seeing if it sticks to their tongue. So you are going to eat dirt. See, this, that's why I was asking him that. But I didn't... That's funny. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, you know what on me? Uh, I'm going to do a funny note here real quick since the superb owl is going on. Uh, apparently... So the halftime show was both awesome and fucking terrible, <laughs> based on Twitter. Oh, Russ says, careful, Gonzo, that transparent green pro acryl is super pigment. It's super bright. It's is really it? bright, uh, um, saturated color. There's the color. It's really dark, though. Yeah. The translucent green is really dark. So let's, well, let's test it out. We can hit. Happy no. accidents. Not like so, I can't reprint this model if I did. No, when I say bright, I don't mean light in value. I mean it's just a really saturated color. Yeah, it's intense. You mean intense? Yeah. Yes. So intense. probably, yeah, because I okay. So here it is. I'm, I'll, I'll paint it on my thumb. This is 
Can you see that? Yes, test it on your thumb. Can you see my thumb? It's like an evergreen green. It's phthalo green. So should I water this or just use some of that tesseract and just kind of mute it down a little bit? I think uh, you could water it. All right. You could grow happy you little use green. a tiny bit in one small place and see if it works the way you hope. And then if it's too bright, maybe mix. See, what I like to do to tone down the, the intensity, the saturation of a color, is mix in a little bit of its opposite, which in this case would be a tiny bit of red. Okay. And it would just knock that brightness down, the Where... intensity. By a little. Kathy's going to throw all the color knowledge at you now. That's really I'm just like, that shit's too dark. It ain't going to work. And then, and then, yeah, you could also then water it down a little bit. And I did water it down not, a little bit. Not already. a lot. Just yeah. a tiny bit. Just to give it a little bit of fluidity. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want it to be a wash. Sure, Kathy would say I should take the lamp, or the lantern on this, and have it uh, glowing on the cloak too. You could. That sounds like work. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could do it, or you could choose not to do it. That's you know. All right. So here it is with a little bit of red and a little bit of water on it. So you can see what I meant by it just sort of dulling the intensity down, right? Yeah. I like that word, John, the intensity. That seems to be a... I think it gets the point. I mean, I know what you meant, but I think it gets the uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. point across better. So here it is. This is the darkened with a little bit of red, and then that's the base color. So do a little bit more red. What, do you think it's still a little too intense? It's not as green. It's actually a really, really dark green. Yeah, so just throw a, a, a tiny bit of water in. Or just take and uh, moisten your brush and mix a little bit of water in the edge of that color and touch it to the model and see what happens. So let's do it on these parts. I right think here. I would do the, uh, I mean, try it out, but I think my plan would have been to take the edge up a notch to yeah, make it, it uh, do the, make it look, this might work too. Well, I think... And if it tones it down too much, now the paint is wet, so you can take a little water by itself and, and rinse it a little bit, too. Also, yeah, finger painting with the thumb is definitely a good way to wipe off the excess. <laughs> that's, a, that's a standard practice, though. That's, that's a gonzo technique. It is, right absolutely. I do that all the time. Jim <laughs> does that all the time. So it's a bit toned down now, right? Yeah. I would say actually even watering it down a tiny bit might let you do that without having to use your thumb so much. Yeah. If you're worried yeah. about that. Almost making it a wash. Almost a wash, yes. Yeah. Almost, but not quite. Yep. I mean, at that point, you're basically glazing again. Gren says you can also desaturate with a tiny bit of black, depending on what you want. Yes. So that is another... Uh -huh. Good way to desaturate. Black is black and white both will desaturate colors. I think white would have been interesting because it would have made it still look bright but not as colorful. 
just barely touching it too. I feel like the value should have been knocked down than it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I definitely. That's sort of why I've never really gotten into doing any sort of uh, objects first lighting because I'm always worried I'm going to fuck up a perfectly good model. Well, like I said, you know, there's there's some some back and forth with it. There's there's always the well, it looks like I did this highlight a little too light. Now I have to tone it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it looks like this highlight isn't intense enough, so I just have to screw with it a little bit. You know, let's just maybe the next time. I don't think I'm gonna do it on I'm on Ozaki yeah. there who I finally got painted after years and years and years. And I do mean years. Gren says moisten. Had to use that word, didn't you, Kathy? Moist. Yes, Gren. Yes, I did. And I'll do it again, too. I mean, come on. Isn't that what the Dr. Horrible's sidekick did? Make people moist? Moist. <laughs> moist. I mean, it is. It was his power. It made people moist. Sorry, during the week uh, when I was home on uh, Monday and Tuesday from the snow, I uh, hey, listened Tanner. to the whole uh, hey. Dr. Horrible soundtrack. He redeemed Posture Check. Posture oh. Check. Oh. Hold on. Oh, okay, yep. I can't. Yep, still. I still have a spine. It still works. Hey. <laughs> <Got to laughs> Tried to kill myself on Tuesday. Not, like, intentionally, but you know what happens when you... Uh, Hit the top step, and there's ice there you can't see, right? Oh. You reach out and you grab the uh, rail with your uh, left arm and catch it and feel like you were the man suddenly. And your back goes, no, sir, you were not the man. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, it was no bueno. Altered man art. Welcome to the stream. This is our Sunday night podcast where uh, me and Gonzo and John are talking about gaming and Gonzo is painting a model that he 3D printed. I almost forgot I had a gaming related rant to get to. So what's this model again, Gonzo? Um, This is a model from uh, White Werewolf Tavern. Um, it is the Wraith. I can't remember there's another part of it, but it's the Wraith. Um. Sorry, it brings up a lot of old D&D jokes. I was going to say, is it the Butt Wraith? <laughs> so, it is the uh, Wraith I'll give you the quick story of that, since it's, you know, it's this podcast. Uh, one of the guys you play with, who we nicknamed Ponytail, because he had a ponytail, we were inventive back in the 90s. He had played, he played my Shadowrun game, or he played in the, the D&D game. And it is a halfling, you know, sort of undead hunter. He called himself Wraith. We're like, okay, cool, cheesy, whatever. Cool. Then he played in the Shadowrun game I was running. I was playing in the other one. And he, he went and he played a physical adept and he gave himself all the stealth he could in the universe. And he called himself. He sat down. He had gone up got a drink, came back down. And I'm going like, all right, what's everyone's character's name? They get around, get to him. And he's like, my character's name is Wraith. And uh, one of the guys, Mike's like, no, I, I, I believe you need to read that again. It says, damn it, it says butt wraith. Because we called him that because he said butt a lot. <laughs> and so immediately that's a karma point in Shadowrun because you, that was hilarious. The whole table's cracking up. 
And he's getting there, he's furiously with his eraser. He's like, it's in pen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. Sorry, but I say butt race. That's why. Anyways, rant. Um, I saw four new models from uh, Atomic Mass Games uh, for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, I know Kathy and Gonzo and I talked a little about Deadpool. Um, he's riding a rocket with a big smoke plume and it says like foosh or something on it. And while we agree it's not terrible because you can take him off the rocket, doesn't look too hard, put him on a base normally. I'm a little disappointed because that is a bit egregious. Um, hopefully it'll have a way where you don't have to attach him. Like you attach him to the rocket and it's super easy to not attach him. That would be the best. And I would of course revise my opinion then. I, but it's I believe too... that there's multiple basing opportunities on there. I hope so. I, it, I believe it's a bit egregious is. otherwise. I know it, it, it's leaning a little too hard into the fourth wall break, which is, it, it detracts from the model in my opinion. I mean, it's going to make the model way too busy on the battlefield. I'm not a big fan of that. And I've been very critical of them and their fucking uh, tactical, you know, tactical ruins and debris and shit. Um, so there's that. Um, the allegiance said, don't go with Taco Truck. Yep, the Taco Truck's there. Taco Truck is fine. More terrain is good, even if it's a little weird. Uh, Bob the Hydra Agent looks fine. I think they all come in one giant pack. But then I saw Cable and Domino. And Cable's got a four screen he's raising up and he's on a bigger base. And I'm kind of okay with that. It's a little much to put a model on a larger base just so you can put some fucking bullshit on his base with him. But it'll be okay. And then, of course, fucking Domino's got all this, you know, fucking tactical rubble on their fucking bases. Just why the fuck can't we just have models? Every other company just does fucking models. You don't got to put every model on some bullshit. You have to fucking just make a model. Or if you're going to do that, try and make it easy to convert or whatever. I haven't seen that. I haven't picked up Wolverine and Sabretooth mostly because fuck them. They're on fucking Tactical Rubble and they look terrible. I'm pissed off about She-Hulk because not only is it on Tactical Rubble, she's holding a fucking I-beam over her head. So now you've got two things detracting from the actual modelness of the model. Good job. Um, Good. I have seen a lot of people take the She-Hulk and put something else in her hands. Like someone and put a car. Which is fine. The problem is you still have fucking tactical rubble on her base too and now you have two things detracting from the actual fucking mob yeah um, i saw the car one it is very well done hats off to the guy who did it all i'm gonna fucking see is a car i don't even see she hulk i see there's a fucking car someone killed a car uh, that's kind of a, a similar thing that i don't like about the uh the running models that gw makes any one of the the models gw makes where they're running so they're like at a 45 degree angle to the ground always. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand that because it's always, they put the most energy and talent into sculpting the front of the model and it's always facing the table. <laughs> so yes. I always feel like I have to make tactical rubble so that this thing is angled so that it's like running up the rubble so that you can actually see the front of the model. And when you do that, the they table. do look cool. When they're running up the, that, but yeah, I mean, look at the um, GW, the Harlequins. They're all in fucking tactical race stone. Like, fuck you, can you have a model on the fucking ground? How hard is that? 
Yeah, I mean, for like most of the stuff that I've gotten from Marvel, I've removed the tactical rocks because I just I don't I don't like it. Well, they're somewhere. It's understandable. Vision, they're trying to do a cool thing with his Correct. powers. Yeah, I get that one. It was cool at the time, and then you get um, fucking Ultron. You're like, okay, Ultron, Spider Man. Oh, what the fuck, are you guys doing? Captain Marvel, who instead of making some real cool flight stand, they're like, oh, look, she's flying. She's coming off a of rubble. Like, for fuck's sake, you can have her posing heroically on the fucking ground. It's okay. And then She-Hulk is the one I'm really annoyed about because not only is it double, you got the thing she's holding up and the tactical rubble, and it's not, it's not like inappropriate, but you don't put your foot in unstable rubble when you're picking up something heavy. That's the stupidest thing to do. So let's talk about ones that they, which one did they do right that was a tactical rubble or a tactical or a uh, item on the ground? And I will say so, Kingpin. Um, sure, Kingpin's fine. He's okay. Because Kingpin's standing I, on the sign. I will counter with Star-Lord and Moda. Yeah. Because they're, they're on, you know, thrust plumes and they fly. That's cool. That's sort of how you do it. Storm is cool. She's got the electricity around her. You've got uh, Magneto with all the metallic stuff. He's up. Those are all fine. And then you go to the other end and you get like Wolverine and, and uh, Sabretooth who just have random debris yeah. under their feet and not even necessarily the best poses in addition to that. Like, for only bitching about She-Hulk, I can give it a little pass because it is overall a cool idea to have a character literally up over her head. Because she's a she's a brick, she's a big strong person. The the debris under her foot pisses me off a bit, but I might be able to get around that by putting her on a curb or something. But it's just what, and it's every fucking model. If it wasn't every fucking model, it'd be okay. Like, you can have some models just standing on their feet. It's okay. In fact, some models would be better that way. Oh, <laughs> models that don't have any sort of uh, you know. Any sort of reason to have it. It's not adding anything to it. I think I find a good picture of all their shit so I can. I don't want to go on about this forever, but it just still pisses me off that they keep doing that, and it's just again and again and again. It's um, a running gag now on their on their Facebook page. Someone's like, "Oh, let's guess our tactical rock this model." But it shouldn't be correct. I agree. Got a good model first. I mean. I mean, even looking at the box set ones, so the ones from the box set, Spider-Man's on the girder and all, was not very popular. Uh, Ultron's on rubble, and not easy to put on, on not rubble. you got Captain Marvel with the rubble under her foot. You've got uh, Zemo with a little bit under his foot. Eh, those are kind of not the best. Modoc's got the plume, which is cool. I mean, Black Panther's got rubble under his feet. Fucking Killmonger's got the panther thing on his feet. Okay's got the... Uh, Stuff under her feet. Sure, he's got stuff under her feet. Venom stuff under her feet. Spider-Man. Uh, Miles Morales is on a police uh, over a uh, news box. What do they call it? Uh, magazine stand. Papers. Magazine. Yeah. Ghost Spider's got stuff under her feet. Thor's under her feet. Valkyrie. They just don't even fucking make a model on. Like Winter Soldier is on his feet, just on a base. Cool. Great. You know, I'll give a pass for Groot and Rocket, even though it's a little bit much. Star-Lord's cool. Nebula's got this whole big thing. Gamora's the whole thing. I mean, shit. It's Drax is on his feet. I think he even has something under one foot, but it's not much. Ronan's on it. I mean, for fuck's sake, guys. You could put models just on the fucking base. It's okay. 
<laughs> you don't realize that by doing this, you make us have to paint more of the model, and now suddenly we've got to do more work to make it fit in. Because a little bit of whatever the fuck it is may not fit with our already basing scheme. You've pretty much forced us to not ever have any ability to use third-party bases, even if they're the right size, because you've got all this shit that's not going to fit. Now it's going to be a shit ton of work to make it work. You know, I give a pass to Medusa and Crystal because they have effects that are appropriate. Even Cyclops has got his fucking foot on a stone for no fucking reason. It's really, really <laughs> kind of annoying. It's... Um, so we've had a request, John. Channel points for John Rants. You, you can't. You can't <laughs> manufacture a rant. It's got to come naturally. <laughs> I can't so just bring true. it out of nowhere. You just got to you, you got to push the button somehow. It's not. You got to find the button and push that button to make me pissed off. I just saw that this week and saw the Domino and Cable. And I was like, for fuck's sake, guys, just give it a break. Like it is literally pissing me off with these models. Uh, most of mine, I think, most of my Marvel models do not have the rocks underneath them unless it's integral part to the model to stand on uh like captain marvel vision stuff like that so some of them it's okay because you can take them off but those don't realize the fact you do it for everyone it's not special anymore yeah it doesn't stand out it's like oh look there's a bunch of bullshit on my model's feet it's great what's i don't care fine (laughs) fix it guys jesus it's yeah, not there, hard. There was... At this point, though, they're probably pretty much stuck because the model would just look plain without it. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. You guys have fucking built your own problem. And now you're just going bullshit after bullshit. Yeah, there's... I know that there's... I was on their Facebook page, uh, I don't know if it was this week or last week, and people were, like, talking about that again. And I'm like... I don't go off anymore. Too many fanboys trying to shout me down. They yeah. don't want to get to play with this. Yeah. And what's, what's good is the game's great. The game's an amazing game. I, oh, it's a very good game. Yeah. There's nothing the wrong with the game at all. The models are well sculpted. Correct. Aside from these. But Elbow pads. you model to model with DC because of the amount of bullshit you're putting on your feet and stuff, that's a problem because those DC models are fine, but they're not super great or anything. What you're losing because... You're losing people who would buy them just to paint it as a model. They would want just the model. You're losing an entire category of people who would just uh, just buy the model for paint. Sorry, I got distracted by bullshit. Anyways, there we go. I don't want to send Wolpagani a message because that's kind of rude to <laughs> put that in text, but Hopefully that shit gets them and they 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 check themselves before they wreck themselves. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, we're gonna turn over the media section. Um, where we discuss and talk about things. Uh, John and I had uh, a discussion yesterday that we're gonna get on. Here, here goes here goes another rant. But this is not gonna be the rant. This is gonna be a discussion of the difference between movie and TV shows. So one of the things I watched today was the or not today this week was the newest episode of WandaVision, um, which um, there's a big spoiler on it. I'm not going to spoil it. This will be spoiler-free. Um, but it's a pretty interesting spoiler, and it got me thinking. And so I had to call John. I was like, hey, John. Uh, and we got off the subject of the spoiler. Well, the guy who's not watching the series and probably doesn't give a fuck. Correct. But that's, that's why I can, because you don't give a crap about spoilers. 
Um, so I knew I could yeah, talk I to you about it. We'll watch it. I, I talked to Not Brushhead Dave, and he said, just start at like episode four and, and forget no. the rest. Yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe I will. And, and that's the point we want to bring across. So in a TV show, you have a season, and a season could be like 10 to 20 episodes, depending on what it is. And in a movie, you have an hour and a half, two, two and two a half hours. hours. Yeah, let's yeah. go two hours I mean, to tell the fun. entire so story. Movie, two to three hours. It's a month. So. They're not short. Yeah. So we're going to say a movie takes roughly two hours to get through, to get from start to finish, unless mm-hmm. it's a continuation. But there's going to be an end of some sort, some type of cliffhanger. Um. So WandaVision, as we know, the first, you know, few episodes are this sitcom type thing. And it's kind of, you've got to kind of slug through it. Uh, I'm going to throw in my boy Ferk Polo's opinion on this. And I may get him on uh, minis and movies back when that starts back up. Oh, we have many games to play. Uh, <laughs> he said the point is for actually those episodes to be offsetting and not right, to give an idea that something's not right. Which it's not. Um, but they took, I would say roughly an hour and a half, hour 45, give or so three, uh, roughly three episodes. One of the guys, not brush dead said about halfway through episode three, it, it's okay. So let's air be nice. Say an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Of almost meaningless bullshit. Of, of setting the stage, trying to get the feel right. Yeah. Let's say being. Very, very generous. So, this last episode, I really liked it. It brought a bunch of different things, and the spoiler at the end was really cool. Uh, and you've got to watch it, but you've got to watch it and go, wait a minute, uh, because of what happens and everything that's in there. But I'm like, why couldn't have we had these things? Like, I can understand, like, one episode of, like, what the fuck's going on, and then start opening up bigger. Because now that it's opened up, We've got more of the history and more of the people and more of what's going on. It's really good and it's really interesting and it's picking up steam and I really like it. But like I said, the first three episodes just uh, you're just like, what the fuck's going on? So I'm sort of curious and someone said like we'll judge at the end and we will judge at the end. Yeah, we always of course, do. yeah. But can you really waste two and a half episodes setting that scene? If it's a 10-episode season, they wasted a quarter of the season on that shit. Well, it's also like Clone Wars. How long did it take Clone Wars to get going before you actually were interested? I'll tell you when I become interested. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's seriously, been how at many seasons? Point, it's four. Yeah. Like, there's interesting stuff that happens, but I'm not interested in the series on a whole. Yeah. It is literally like, sure, it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Care about them as much as I do WandaVision right now. I mean, I want to see some of the spoiler stuff, some of the stuff they said that happened. But can you really? I mean, that's the thing is how much leeway can you give a series? So if you're like Gonzo and you consume series like, you know, you drink water for <laughs> terrible beers, then you absolutely can give it plenty of time because it's there. You're just going to put it in. If it's, if it's not. Grabbing you, you're gonna put it in the background. You're gonna absorb it, but not like waste your attention span on it. I, unfortunately, due to the way I live my life, apparently, don't have that kind of time. So I could spend time watching this and trying to get to the fucking monkey, 
or I could just go watch something I missed. Yeah. Oh. Hell hydrate. <laughs> I mean, you too, Kathy. That's not water, Gonzo. I don't have it. it it's made Fine. with. It's made with water. <laughs> mm, Trash, I, I think you should get in front of those 100 points because God's just fucking with you. Uh, no, yeah. but if you notice, Same it way. says... I'll drink twice. It says water or beverage. I got you, Trash. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so sort of the thing, you know, how long can you go with that? What can you do? Can, can in today's, you know, attention span, can you afford to give up that much time to set the scene? I think about um, The Expanse Season 1, which fucking grabs you the first episode and goes. I feel like, and I've said this before, I feel like this is actually Marvel's arrogance coming through. For the second time, thinking about it, because you all remember, I'm not the biggest fan of an Infinity War movie. I feel like it was kind of arrogant and um, not terrible, not at all, but not top tier by any stretch. Yeah because of what they chose. And I think some of that affects Marvel. I think it's getting to the point where it does, and they need to either, they need to have something just crash and burn on them, or someone's got to pull their head out of their asses and tell them, like, look, you guys got to calm down. You can't be this arrogant. You know, you got to make sure you're putting out quality again and again. I mean, look at Star Wars. Star Wars is a much-loved series. You put out a little bit of shit, and they're, like, all over you, like, fucking fight on rice like any sort of weakness and they're like hey, the whole series is trash this whole series is trash I'm out of here like people today are like the, the internet like they get together and it becomes this giant festering pit of fuckery and bullshit and they'll come around wherever you are and tell you whatever you like is ass like I've actually avoided threads like that a couple of my friends have posted threads about uh, uh, WandaVision and all I've said is I've actually heard that perhaps the first episodes weren't even necessary, but we'll slide at the end. Maybe there's something in there that's suddenly, you know, relevant, but you can't. So, you know, how long can you go and how long can you just build up before you actually get to the fucking monkey? Yeah. And that's, I, agree. Kind of Actually, point. I wish it was a uh, follow up to Fish Called Wanda. Not that I've seen a Fish Called Wanda in a while. Wheeler, I took the first girl I liked to see that and she told me she wasn't like, didn't like me like that. <laughs> so the thing is is it is building up i think the the wasted time they did at the beginning uh they could have done more with it um i like where it's going um i like it that we have more characters and more people in it and we're getting to see what's behind the scene now which oh, is yeah. what's going on which like, is now i'm hooked tons of spoilers of people who aren't in i'm like i kind of want to see that yeah which is why I was happy when Dave said it becomes really, you know, you can tone in here and get it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, the other thing is, what was it? Hold on, I had it for a second there, and it just, it went away. I had a point. Lost the point. Kind of. So, all right, so let's go with some other stuff. Um, <clears throat> right now, I'm really enjoying WandaVision. Now that it's getting to the meat, we've got to the fucking monkey. Uh, it's good. It's interesting. I want to know what happens next. Um, the spoiler of this episode, um, watch it, pay attention to it because it could be something that's going to be happening soon. 
We just don't know what, when, where, and why, and how. Mm-hmm. Uh, so other than that, did you say the meat of the monkey? You know, Gonzo and monkey meat. <laughs> I love how everything these days that's a little bit of a hint or a foreshadow is mm-hmm. now a spoiler. Correct. Um, this is, I mean, we don't know if it's a spoiler until more episodes come out. So, Correct. And I don't want to, I want to say it. Uh, oh. if, if you want to know, message me. We can talk about it. I have no problem. Message me on Facebook. I'll talk to you about it. Uh, it's interesting. I'll talk to you about it too, but Gonzo's probably better. <laughs> so we're going to wait and see. Um, other than that, John, what's your first one for the day? I remember the point I was going to make. Oh. Also, is you can't afford to waste episodes when you're releasing them fucking weekly. Because if you like, if it's the whole series at once, waste whatever time you want. People will power through and get to what they want. Kind of made me uh, think that's where they, why they brought out episode one and two at the same time. Yeah, probably. Could be. Um, so I'm actually going to recommend, I did this actually on the other podcast, but I'm gonna, since it's relevant to the movie I watched, I'll recommend this YouTube channel first. It's a young lady named Jill Bearup, B-E-A-R-U-P. She is British, and she is into now into stage combat and mock combat, and she <laughs> analyzes fight scenes in addition to analyzing movies in general. Uh, the analyzing fight scenes is relatively new to her channel. Uh, she's done movie stuff for years and years and years. Um, but now she's doing, uh, you know, stage combat and she does a lot of talks on that. She talked about, um, the two good sword fights from the princess bride. Um, one's from the two, from, uh, the multiple, uh, pirates of the Caribbean, the first two in particular, one she liked a lot, one not as much that also say like the fight scene with, uh, Zorro and, uh, Elena in the mask of Zorro. She has a lot of interesting points to bring about it, and I very much enjoy her channel. I suggest you check it out. Kathy, what you got for us? Yesterday, I watched Life Force. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That brings back some menu. Oh, man. I remember uh, renting that, I think. It was a recommendation, and uh, this is a film from 1985. Uh, Can I get it? A British film. It's the year after Dune came out. And I I had to ask because I had to find this out because Patrick Stewart appears <laughs> in this movie. He does. And I was just wondering if this was before Dune or after Dune. So I had to look it up. So this was the year after Dune. I would have said the year before, but uh, it's the year after. You're right. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's not the star of the show. He does a really good job in it as the guy who screams. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's more to his thing, but he did a really good job, like, being in agony. As only Patrick Stewart can do. But it's uh, this is a vampire movie. Vampires from space. It is about as cheesy as you would think of a movie that's basically vampires from space. If I recall correctly, it's actually more cheesy than the Buck Rogers episode with the space vampire. I don't remember that. Oh, no? Somehow. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Buck Rogers, I'll be honest. But, so, so this, I was actually impressed with, you know, for a, for a futuristic, you know, vampire story, you know, from space. 
how close it was to Bram Stoker's Dracula. Because I've read Bram Stoker's Dracula. And there were moments, you know, like where the guy uh, has this sort of telepathic connection to Vampire. Which is, which is how Bram Stoker portrayed the connection, you know, with, with Mina and, uh, and Dracula. And this is kind of, they use this a little bit to, to track the vampire, which is what they did in mm-hmm. Dracula. Uh, but, yeah, there's just a lot of boobs. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, you know. Turns out I don't remember this movie much at all. <laughs> no, There's a lot Probably of boobs for the best. Yeah, and 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 the zombie things when they when they kind of suck the life force uh, out okay. of the people, and then those people get desiccated. But after a while, they kind of come back to life as kind of zombies looking to suck the life force out of other people. Yeah, it's about as cheesy as it sounds. Which, of course, means I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, as long as you're expecting cheesy, you can set your barometer for cheesy. Yes. Well, yeah. When I heard it was vampires from outer space, I was that that kind of set it for me. Uh, Super cheesy. Totally worth it if you like cheesy stuff. If you like a cheesy uh, space vampire flick, you know, I recommend it. Uh, space herpes, how many space herpes do I give it? Out of, out of, you know, zero to five, I'll give it a couple. Oh. I'm only giving it a couple because, you know, I, I like cheesy movies. And I'm, <laughs> you know, easily impressed. <laughs> Fair enough. Gonzo? 83, two and a half, space herpes. Oh, two and a half. I mean, that sounds fair, average cheesy. I mean, Patrick Stewart's got to be worth at least half a space herpes. Yeah, I, it was just, it was so fun. It was just crazy. Okay. Um. So this week, I took a break from watching movies. And a friend of mine that, I know, so weird of me, right? And a friend of mine from me playing my old Elder Scrolls Online days messaged me and said, hey, we're playing this game. Um, Would you like to come and join us? I was like, okay. So I decided to blow this game up, play everything. And three of my other friends, we got together and we were playing The Forest. Uh, People don't know, The Forest is a game about you're stranded on an island populated by cannibals and mutants and you have to survive um and the nighttime is the worst time because they all come out although some do come out in the middle of the day type thing but it's your typical survival game build up a base make sure that you know you protect yourself if you die you have to go get your stuff you know come back and do everything um i am slowly realizing that I will kind of torture some of the people I play with Um, because the game is all based. You have to have a lot of sound when you're playing this game because at some times the zombies or uh, the mutants will just stand there and watch you. So like you'll be chopping down a tree trying to get lumber and you'll turn to your right. And there's a, you know, a 
creature there just staring at you, about to hit you, but just waiting until it's the right time. And they're silent, and so, like, sound is very important. So I'm playing with my friends, and uh, a friend of mine, Chun, she's chopping away at wood, and I see her, so I'm like, "Mm, okay, it's time for me to, you know, have a little fun. So I creep up, you know, because you can stealth in the game, and I get, like, right behind her. And then I start making a lot of noise and freak her out. And she starts running. And I'm like, keep going, keep going. And of course, you know, it's just me torturing her and everything. <laughs> wow. And it's, it's, but we're, we're doing it to each other all the time. We're always trying to get each other. And like, we're sitting there playing. And it's real quiet on the chat because we're using voice chat. And it's all real quiet. And nothing's happened. We're all doing de- duties, you know, getting food, building up base, you know, everybody, everything. And all of a sudden they go, oh my God, there it is. And like two people yell in the mic because I broke the silence with a loud abruption. And man, it's just so fun. <laughs> we, we, we've actually started torturing each other more than the, the creatures have started torturing us. <laughs> but you can only play four people at a time. It's a really good, fun game. Graphics are okay. Nothing wrong with it. It's got a lot of good fun to it. It's... By yourself, it's okay. With friends, it's a whole lot better. Well, um, I have to say we were saying this, Gonzo. The, those are not the friends you want. Those are the friends you deserve. <laughs> so, but I mean, we're having a good time. I mean, no one's taking this super serious. You know, we're actually, you know, we, we, we actually, there's like these giant mutants that come around and we like start teasing and torturing them by like, running them into traps and, you know, goading them around and prodding them like, like wranglers to get them to go where we want to try some weird things like jumping off of cliffs or whatever. So it's just, it's just having, I've had a really good time these last two nights playing it. Cause it's just been good friends playing the game. <laughs> it's a good point, Captain Mizzy. It's a good point. <laughs> so, um, multiplayer, the forest, it's great when you have good friends. Single player, still a good game, but it's so much better when you have friends that'll just give each other shit constantly. Oh, like MechWarrior Online? Do what? Well, like MechWarrior Online? I don't know. Can you give each other shit in MechWarrior Online like I can? I mean, you get on the comms, we give each other shit all the time. Oh. Yeah, but the stealth thing has been a lot of fun. So, uh, John, what's your next one? Uh, well, the reason I brought up Jill Bear up is because she did a video on... Uh, the first fight in Captain Marvel, which I rewatched this week, um, and it's good. I'm not going to spoil which is in the video, but it's a good, uh, it's a good video. And then Captain Marvel is still a good movie, even fourth time through. Um, really enjoy it. I mean, the all the actors are pretty much on point. The chemistry between Samuel L. Jackson and um, my brain stop. And what's her name who plays Captain Marvel? Oh, see, it's not just me. Nope, I'm bad at names anyway. Uh, I know. Brie Larson. Brie Thanks, Larson. Thanks, Magic. Magic. Uh, Brie Larson. There, it's on point. Their chemistry is on point. The whole movie, it's great. Um, I actually really like it. I think it is. It's my second favorite origin movie of the Marvel Universe. My first favorite is Captain America vs. Avenger. Just in case you're wondering. And, I mean, just enjoy the crap out of it the whole time. The, the comedy still hits almost every single beat of it. Uh, it's a good story where you 
don't even really kill the main villains in it. Even though they may deserve it. You know, obviously Ronan is gonna live through Ronan's gonna live through because he needs to, but even Yon Rog, uh Jude Law, he he lives for written this in the back. I mean it, it's a good, enjoyable, fun movie that sets the stage for everything that happens afterwards well and they do a good job of fitting it in. Um it's great rewatch. It's uh, still zero space herpes. Kathy, James Bond movie? I have not watched a James Bond movie, but I did watch my friend playing uh, a game. She was streaming it in a Discord chat. and We were all kind of helping and heckling as she was playing it. <laughs> and this game is called Call of the Sea. And uh, this is such a cool game. It's, it's a Lovecraftian game. Uh, this woman is sick, and she goes... To the South Sea to find her husband uh, who has gone on an expedition because he wants to find a cure for her disease that she has. And so she goes off to, to find him and tracks down his ship uh, that has been destroyed, uh, leaving them shipwrecked on this island. And she's walking around the island gathering clues. It's one of those walking mystery searching for clues, uh, solving puzzles kind of games. And uh, it, was, just, like it was really, it was an interesting story. The graphics were really cool. The music yeah, was I, like, really cool. I like what I see of that. The, the graphics are really good. Really yeah. uh, well, nice. And yeah. today I was watching, you know, towards the, the end game and I got to see the finish of it. And, uh, and that was Really cool how they they did that. the The whole thing from start to finish, the story behind it, as well as the the clues and the puzzles, everything was really well done. And but it's funny because it took a team of us to to kind of. It may have taken her much longer to play it without you know everybody kind of putting their heads together to try and solve some of these puzzles. Uh, but it was a lot of fun as a group effort. And she's been doing a bunch of different games for, uh, you know, where we could all just hang out. This is what I like about Discord. Mm -hmm. We'd all hang out in the chat and she could stream it, you know, live in the chat and where we all can see. And it's, it's like we're all participating, taking part. These are the social things that one does when one can't go out and play games with their friends. Oh, yeah. My uh, MechWarrior Online clan actually does that occasionally, and we'll uh, we'll be like not playing MechWarrior Online, and streaming in the in the, the bar as we call it. I'll come in and see what he's doing, and you know, do whatever I'm doing to have that on the screen, chat with him, or we'll even be streaming MechWarrior Online if you know we've got a full group of people playing and someone else like I'm not gonna log in just to play alone, so let me just see what you guys are doing. Yeah, and you can have, and since you're in a Discord chat, you can you can all be hanging out, talking about it while, mm -hmm. you know, while you're doing it, while you're playing, while you're watching somebody else play. I mean, that's even a good way to MST three game movie if you need to. Oh, I yeah, really, definitely. I this, really so, like the graphics on this game, by the way. The They're very, very cool. They're kind of yeah. like a cartoonish realism in a way. Very, yeah, very yeah. vibrant, yeah. vibrant it, colors. It's on Steam, folks, if you want to look it up. It's a, 
It's a fun game. Even though I have watched her do it and and helped solve a few of the puzzles or watched other people solve a few of the puzzles, I feel like I kind of want to get it because I haven't seen all of what she was doing. There are parts of it that they were playing that I missed, you know, large portions of it that I missed. So I feel like I could still get it and play it and it would be a challenge for me. That's why it's got very good ratings too. Looking at it, I was impressed. It was, it was very fun. It's very, you know, it's very tied into uh, Larry Gilman of the Innsmouth Gilmans. As I was uh, that bust that I was working on mm. in recent weeks, mm-hmm. and the uh, the Lovecraft story I read, The Shadow Over Innsmouth. <laughs> That I read on stream a few Fridays ago. Yeah, it's it's kind of you know ties in with that. I don't think that's spoiling anything because it takes place on an island with a shipwreck. Well, guys, that is our stream because we're about out of time. Uh, we appreciate y'all coming out and watching mm-hmm. and listening. It means mm-hmm. a lot to us. Uh, we enjoy uh, the active audience. If you're not listening to us live, come on and join us. Uh, you can use the app or uh, just jump on your computer or whatever and come and say hi. Uh, we like hearing from our fans and everything. Um, we are going to send you to Zambies because she's painting a gorilla uh, with four arms. So we're going to send you over to Zambies tonight. Uh, guys, be safe out there. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Be careful. We want to hear you back here again. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Gabby. Hey, you're watching Hellboy.